The Lodge by Robert McMinn Chapter 11 Did I lose track of time again? Did either of us hate living there? I don't think so. I think we both love the place, the surrounding countryside, the abundant wildlife, the short drive to the coast and the dark skies. And if we were concerned about the odd goings-on, it was only in as much as we felt a bit perplexed. But I didn't feel threatened by any of it, and I don't think Grace did. I was painting in my studio one bright afternoon in January when I felt someone was in the room with me. It could only have been Grace, of course, and so I said what I said about losing track of time without looking around the rather large canvas I was working on to see who was there. As I said before, my studio was in a north-facing room that had once been a bedroom. I was still managing to keep it neat and tidy, so it was quite presentable, meaning Grace wasn't in the habit of coming in to complain about the mess. She was never a fan of messy creativity, a very ordered mind, so I really made an effort not to upset her with chaos and spilled paint. As to her level of interest, she might have looked at one of my paintings when it was finished, but she had no interest in a work in progress, so the only reason she might come into the room while I was working was because I'd either forgotten we were supposed to be going somewhere, or if she'd noticed how hungry she was. Which is not to say she expected me to cook every meal, but she might want to check with me to see if it's one of those fend-for-yourself days. I had been working a good long time, which was quite surprising, because it was a chilly day. This would have been around the time we had that 20 centimetres of snow, so you might expect me to get too cold to continue working. I was, in fact, cold to the bone, and it took me a long time to feel warm again once I got downstairs, but I never noticed that kind of thing when I was in the zone. I was going to say throws, but that's not right, is it? I hate the expression in the zone, however. I mean, when I was so involved in what I was doing that I ceased to notice the mundane physical world. We only really have metaphors for this kind of thing, lost, absorbed, in a trance. Anyway, I was cold. We were always parsimonious with the gas central heating, which meant that most of the house was fairly chilly. You always want your bedroom quite cool, and in such a big house there weren't that many areas being used most of the time. It often struck me that it had been a very strange decision for two people as old as us to move into such a place. But we did love the house, and we were making a good go of the retreat idea. The thing about the heating was that we had such a lot of wood that when we were in one of the downstairs rooms we could light a fire without worrying about eking out a supply of fuel. There was wood enough to last till doomsday. Most of the time the kitchen was the most pleasant place to sit because of the Rayburn range cooker, also wood-fueled, and because of this Grace had bought herself a reproduction mid-century modern rocking chair to set near the Rayburn, which we had started fighting a kind of passive-aggressive battle over. It was a comfortable place to sit, hence the battle, and whoever didn't get there first would have to make do with one of the chairs at the kitchen table. All of which is a long-winded way of saying that in general the heating wasn't on during the day unless we had guests. On the weeks when it was just us, we closed up most of the rooms and confined ourselves to the kitchen, the morning room and one bedroom. And my studio, of course, when I felt the need to paint. So there was no sun shining in the studio that afternoon, or any afternoon, and it was a 
crisp winter's day, albeit with blue skies. You could look out the window and see the long shadows of the surrounding trees and the sunlight reflecting off the snow, but the room itself was not feeling the benefit of the sunshine. And yet, while I was working on a winter landscape as it happens, based on sketches I'd done on one of our walks, I started to feel a kind of warm glow in the room, as if the heating were on or as if there was impossible sunlight streaming through that window. I often remark that human peripheral vision is an incredible thing. We are really tuned to catch movement out of the corners of our eyes, such that it would seem physically impossible. My setup was such that I had the canvas facing towards the window, and I wasn't at that time using my powerful work light, which, had it been on, might have explained the warm glow I had started to feel. So I had my back to the window, but I still couldn't see the door into the room because it was behind the canvas, which was a big one, as I said. I'd seen pre-stretched canvases in the January sale and I bought a couple of huge ones. The other thing I need to say is that, that it did feel like Grace, the presence. It felt just like she was there. Whatever it is that exists between a man and a woman, call it pheromones or something else, the warm animal heat that exists between two people who share the same cave, that's what I felt. Grace. When I felt a presence in the studio, I wondered aloud whether I'd lost track of time and receiving no response. I looked around the canvas and saw that the door was still closed. I went back to painting, and that was when I felt what I can only describe as love and affection, as a physical sensation of warmth and light in the room, which grew in intensity for a few moments and then faded away. And then I was alone again. Except, of course, I had been alone in the studio all along, and only then did I reflect on how long I had felt that someone was in the room with me. Several minutes at least, I would say, although the whole experience had such a oneric feel to it that if you told me it was just a few seconds, I'd have to accept that was possible. I finished the bit of the painting I was on, feeling for some reason that to hurry my movements would be a cruel rejection of the warmth and love that had been poured into me. It was getting too dark to see without the light, anyway. Then I took my usual care and cleaned the brushes and tidying everything away. I wiped my hands on white spirits, then opened the window a crack to ventilate the room. Just before I left, I stood in the doorway and said thanks. I don't know why. Walking down the stairs, I wondered whether I should tell Grace. I decided I would if only because I had felt no threat or malevolence in the room and thought that it might reassure her to hear that. She was sitting in a rocking chair in the kitchen reading a paperback. I just felt a presence in the studio upstairs, I said, going to stand in front of the Rayburn. I felt awkward saying the word presence out loud, but couldn't think of any other way of describing it. I thought you'd come up to remind me of the time or something, but it wasn't you, turns out. I've been down there all afternoon, she repeated. What, like an animal? No, some kind of spectral presence, I said, seemed interested in my painting. She reached over to put her book down on the table. I turned around to warm my other side. 
Only now was I feeling that deep in the bones cold that you get when you sit doing something for too long in an unheated room. I realised I was shivering. What was it? A man? A woman? Did you see anything? I don't think I saw anything, but the room did feel brighter, and I got the feeling someone was there, just out of my eyeline. But it felt like a someone, did it? Yes, as I said, interested in what I was doing. How do you know that? Just a feeling. I wasn't sure if she was sceptical or angry, frightened or what. Have you encountered anything like that here? I asked. No, nothing beyond all the things that keep moving around, she said. The boggle, as Mrs Moffat calls it, and this... Presence. Did it feel like a person with a gender? I couldn't tell you why I think this, but it felt like a woman to me. I think that's why I thought it was you at first. And you say you felt it was interested, or she was interested. More than that, I got a strong feeling of love and approval. How so? I shrugged and went over to fill the kettle. Just felt like a smile and a hug, I said. Huh, she said. Should I be jealous? We fell silent. She rocked back and forth and the kettle began to make its low rumble and its white noise. I was planning to make a cup of tea, but suddenly felt hungry. If I put a potato in, do you want one? Yes, please, she said, and then... And if you had to swear to it, you'd say there was no threat or danger or malevolence? Not... No, I said. I got a couple of large potatoes out of the bag in the pantry and started to scrub them with the vegetable brush, then slice around them and rub them with salt. You almost said not today. I did. I admitted. I was thinking in terms of whether the hiding of things, the stuff that keeps going missing, whether there's malice there. I opened the hot oven and put the potatoes onto the shelf. Do you think we need to research this house? Would it help? We might know what we were dealing with. I suppose, I said. I already looked up boggles. And what did you find out? The kettle came to a boil. I moved it half off the hot plate and got the teapot ready. That they're mischievous, that they play tricks, well, that fits the description. But nothing about them being interested in painting. Also, what, that Boggle is an old name for Scarecrow? That's interesting. It was. I didn't say so, but what I actually thought was that the presence I'd just felt had nothing to do with the other occurrences in the house. The night of the owl photo and the smashed jug, I had actually felt the chill of malevolence in the air, something to do with us being out in the garden after dark with the doors of the house open. I felt as if we'd invited something in that night in the darkness, something that normally lived in the sense of resided outside the house. But this new presence felt as if it had been conjured through the intense concentration of my work, had almost been drawn out of the walls in spite of itself. Then again, I'm happy to entertain the idea that this was simply a kind of hallucination, perhaps caused by my getting too cold or too hungry, or both. I suppose, as an hallucination, we'd have to classify it as both visual, the brightness I perceived in the room, and tactile, the warmth. Perhaps also that feeling of being loved was an emotional hallucination.